0: What up folks? Welcome to episode 168, 8 Black Hands Podcast. Hey, in the intro, man, I just realized Trevor is in our intro from when we were uh state of black learning in Pittsburgh. Who? Cool. Uh, Trevor, he he uh, he works at a, at a school in Pittsburgh. I just realized yeah, that. Then, go, ah, okay.
1: Well, Captain just, Random,
0: yeah, Random. At yeah, the Captain. very beginning, Random <laughs> Ray in the house, yeah, in the hey, place to be. Hey, I, hey, that could be a whole ebook right there. Um, so what's up, fellas? Man, we talking about on code tonight, but before we do that, man, a lot of things have a lot of heavy shit happening in the country. So I just mm. wanted to check in with y'all just to see where y'all are. Um Reef what's up man how you doing?
2: Doing okay man doing all right um you know as you said it's a, it's just a lot going on I mean there's always a lot but things are definitely ramping up uh folks don't have to wear uh you know hoodies anymore they are totally you know exposing themselves in in more way than one and um you know like we we knew things weren't honky dory uh so you know best best be prepared and prepare our 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 progeny for the battles that yet to come this has been a just ongoing war a succession of wars uh for for hundreds of years so um that's where that's where we are man um
0: yeah yeah uh chris what's happening man how you doing
1: i'm good you know how how charles usually says like he gets sick of the people who are like i'm not my ancestors you know, you're not gonna mess with me up like that. Blah blah, blah whatever. You know, <laughs> they, they talk like that about their ancestors. Well, we haven't an ancestor moment. We having one of the moments right now where you know all that tough talk. You know, justice fighters, freedom fighters. You know, blah blah, all that. Uh, this is that moment, man. Like your Supreme Court is doing its business right now. Your electoral. The electoral system is doing its business right now. People are in the streets all over the country. God bless the people who get the bullhorns and get out there and do the screaming and shouting and get poked and prodded by, you know, elected Klansmen uh, that go by the name police officers in every city, whatnot. But, you know, we're going to find out who's who's the real deal. All I can say right now, you ask me how I am. I am, uh, as always, feeling blessed with what I have, but scared of where the world is going. And um, listen, give money, donate, uh, organize, uh, vote, do everything, do all the things. Is all I can say. And There's no wrong way to do any of them. I see all these think pieces on Twitter this week about you know we don't need you showing up dressed like this or like that. Man, listen, show up how you can show up but just show up right now because this is that moment it's that moment if you if you uh 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 but that that's all i gotta say like yeah yeah this is that moment we're in the moment
0: yeah i appreciate that man appreciate your take uh cole man what's happening
3: yeah man uh watching this stuff like everybody else this is again this is this is the midst of history uh you took the words right out of my mouth chris like this is one of those things that you reading when you're younger, or you see, you watch a YouTube video, and you got a lot to say. Well, this is one of those moments. This will, this moment will be in history. Uh, this is one of the most seminal cases in the history of this country, and of this country's very, very young self. And let's see how people react. And you know, this is. I think this is just the beginning. This is the the, the change of a precedence this big. Like even not even beyond this incredibly huge topic, this incredibly. Um, I just think it's atrocious what, what what happened. I think that, you know, women should have a right to choose what happens with their bodies. And from a legal standpoint, this, this 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 backing on precedence is setting a precedent. So what else is it that we hold dear that will be coming next? These things don't just happen randomly. And, and, and I think that because we don't like people, sometimes we underestimate their wiliness, their savagery and their intelligence. And those people have all three. And I'm very upset with my party. Um, because my party is now using this as a go out, go vote, go vote, go vote thing, and it's like y'all, we got power. You, we in power now. Like you have you, you got it right now. You can you can expand that court right now if that's what you want to do. You can do it's a whole bunch of things you could have done leading up to it, or when we played real nice when they didn't want to let Obama have his pick even though it was still within his tenure, and we wanted to play by the rules and play nice. The other team ain't playing fair. The other team is playing for wins, not moral victories. So I think that's just going to lead to a larger conversation, and we gotta. A whole show i got a lot to say but um but nah man um but thank you for asking
0: yeah of course of course of course man so you know rough time of man.
3: Course.
0: especially if you have uh women in your life uh you know women that you respect or whatever you know it's it's a, it's a rough time out here but i feel like you know we'd be remiss to have this platform and not go, go hard for women in terms of like, you know, what they're going through now in terms of like the daughters that we have, you know, there's a couple of us on here that have daughters and stuff, you know, so I wanted to name that. I wanted to put that in in the space. So our guest for this week, man, as we talk about on code, serving school leadership is Dr. Desmond Blackburn. He's a, he's a broad, broad Academy fellow. Shout out, bro. Um, he is, uh, he, so first of all, he got his, 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 uh, mathematics degree from the university of Florida. Uh, so he was a math teacher. Right. And then, um, he, uh, worked his way up the chain in terms of like, you know, the things that we want to see from, from those folks that, that strive into leadership. He was, uh, an assistant principal. He was a principal, uh, area soup. And then he was a superintendent of, a uh, of Brevard public schools. And so uh, in his tenure at Brevard Public Schools, he was uh, uh, the third graders were 65 percent proficient in terms of uh, reading. So that was the 10 highest uh, graduation rate in the state and uh, had three blue ribbon schools under under his tenure. So he's the perfect person for us to have this conversation with about being on code. So welcome our guest, Dr. Desmond Blackburn.
4: What's going on, sir? good evening good evening gentlemen thank you for that uh very warm introduction and just the honor of being with you this evening
0: yeah of course man and so um bro when you when we're thinking about school leadership man what are some of the things that come come to head for you
4: Wow. uh first of all it's it's an honor it's it's an honor to to lead schools i mean I, i'm i'm biased obviously having spent the last quarter century in my life's work but um it's the greatest profession known to mankind it's the most consequential profession uh known to mankind especially listening to your intro especially during during the moment and the movement that we're sitting in right now so I, I just feel blessed
0: yeah that's what's up and so reef man you had some time in leadership bro um and you are definitely a servant leader one of the best leaders i know i never said that but
2: I was about to say you're starting the show with a compliment that's gonna tell your whole game <laughs> off it's
0: gonna tell your whole game the whole show just gonna be like
2: downhill because you'll never
0: start that way but so no, I
2: appreciate you
0: what what um what what made you passionate about school leadership bro
2: yeah I mean I think one just you know as, as uh dr blackburn said its you know I, I look at it as something sacred you know uh to be in that uh position of of influence um to be able to like open doors and remove barriers and and lead, you know? Um, it's, it's just sacred uh, to, to be able to, to do that, to be able to have that type of trust uh, from from your community. Like, there's nothing like it, you know? Um, and it, it's hard, like, I, I don't wanna, you know, uh, Chris always say, tell the people the truth about, you know, schools and all listen, it is extremely tough. But if you have the right team um, and the right mindset, uh, it, is, it is something that's absolutely uh, critical. And you just, I just don't see schools um, without good leaders yeah. being effective. I just, you know, I just, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe some folks have, have seen it, but I have not seen that. Um, it has to be leadership, you know, and not just a principal, but leadership teams. Um, that's, that's just critical to the success of, a, of a, any community. Any, I mean, that's, you know, now where people go to learn to lead, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, because <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, sometimes people just assume that people can lead. Or that people were good in the classroom, and that that means they're good with adults. And adults mean in and outside of the school. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And so I don't, I don't want to leave the fellas out, man. Uh You guys are nonprofit CEOs and nonprofit leaders, right? And I feel like you know you guys have interesting perspective in terms of in terms of adding that. So, Chris, man, when you think about nonprofit leadership, you know what what are your thoughts in terms of like how people should show up?
1: Um so i really believe that you should always remember that people are investing in you to do work for people in society that desperately need you to be good at what you do right so leadership isn't just about having a job or a status or a title Mm -hmm. in that regard leadership is about you having a mission that you uh that you are going to fulfill on behalf of the least of these that's the way i look at life I mean, you, you've used the word servant leadership. Um, servant leadership means you check your ego at the door. It's not about you. Um, to the extent that you cannot sustain doing the work for a period of time without making it about you might be a good time to decide to do something different. Um, in nonprofit world, people invest in us. They give us money. We have a budget. And that budget that we have, sometimes we forget that that budget isn't for us to have benefits and jobs and all that, that's nice. That's a good thing to have. That's an investment in the world changing for people that need the world to change for them. In our case, it's children because we're focused on children. And when it comes to children, we're focused on the least of these. So everybody who invests in us, the reason that they do it is because they believe that somehow we're going to make the world different for those children. So they're investors. We're investees with a mission. If we're leading at all, the way that we are leading is by the change that we're making for the people that, that that investment is made for. Uh on a negative note, I'll just say this. I think, <laughs> I think many of us are starting to forget. Uh, I think many of us are getting entitled uh, about work. And I think generationally the workplace is starting to change a little bit. And and there is a lot of meism, me, 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 me ism, and about me and You know, enough about you. Let me talk about me again. And, you know, I want to do half the work for twice the money. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to, you know, scream that the world is is unfair in some way, shape or form. Man, listen, servant work, you know, leadership and servant work uh, has never been for that type of person. So maybe you don't need these jobs if that's the way that you look at life.
0: (laughs) Hey, man. he chose violence. Charles, jump in here, man.
3: Yeah. I mean, a lot of my career has been, you know, with principals. I worked with principals, supported principals, had to deliver some bad news to some principals before. Um, I mean, I worked in a super office uh, leading a lot of comms and a lot of community engagement work. So, you know, we worked a lot with those leaders. And I think that the good leaders, you know, they know that they're there to discern. They know that they're there to make, you know, tough decisions. And sometimes you have to make tough decisions like you cannot you will not be an effective principal or an effective school leader if you are if you are trying to please everybody. Uh, you have a, a, a highly privileged position where you get to see all the numbers. You get to see all the facts. You get to see all the data. And we need you to lead accordingly. It's almost like, y'all remember being in school. I, I went to bad school, so maybe y'all didn't deal with this, but like a, a teacher is about to forget to give you homework. And then like that one kid in the back is like, hey, teacher, you forgot to give us homework. And all the class was like, oh, damn, shut up, right? I think you got to be that as a leader if you lead in public schools in a place where the schools ain't doing so good. Right. I do think that in the land I've seen this with principals. If everybody else is around me bad, I don't have to be good. I just got to be better than them. And that's just not the type of principles that our kids deserve during this time. man. And, and I've seen a lot of that firsthand. And it's really tough to see at times when when I when I when I know that leader knows what the right thing to do is and they just won't do it because they don't want to deal with the backlash and and so um if we're gonna talk about serving leadership today i'm excited and i and i like your five points right so i'm gonna lean into some of those that you listed in our book that you all can go get right now at abh.org <laughs> it's called on code you should go love down it. that code that is free
0: love it love it love master it. marketer so uh, yo i love that man yo, That energy the studio everything man i'm feeling it all right so so man, so um it's interesting, right, this this whole road decision, because then it was a, a, a conversation about, well, what's next, right? And then you hear folks throwing out Plessy v. Ferguson, which led into Brown v. Board of Education, which is kind of like a segue into what we're talking about tonight, because prior to Brown v. Board, man, black leaders were the pinnacle of our communities, right, and so black teachers were super heavy in our community and things were just looking like Wakanda in our communities prior to that. If you read any of the research um, in uh, coming out of Kansas, you got white folks that were like, hey, when we went to the black schools, uh, the the schools that were 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 black led were outperforming the white schools. Right. So it's it's captured in the scholarship. And so Des, man bringing you back in here there's a depletion of black leaders. And so as systems, as a person that's you know high in command in a system or a person that has been a systems leader, what are we looking at in terms of like rebuilding that capacity for black folks to leave, for black folks to get a shot? And what is the right type of leader that we need to put in front of our kids?
3: You're muted, brother. I know you were saying something that was, you know, Shakespearean or not, you know, Baldwin-esque, brother, but you gotta do it all over
4: again. I'm back. I'm back. No. Um, but first of all, the the depletion um, wasn't accidental. Has not been accidental, right? It's mm-hmm. been very very intentional. One of the one of the hidden consequences, right, of of Brown v. Board. Uh, but but I'll get back to that. What do we need mm-hmm. to do now? A lot of it was captured in in your statements, right? It is about the business of education. It is about holding ourselves accountable. Uh, setting a bar that is really really high for all children especially black brown and poor children in our schools really important you know I've had I, you mentioned my bio I've, I've had the great pleasure and blessing to hold many of these positions right in systems systems uh, leadership positions and the way I've seen my role is that I'm not a a principal, I'm not a superintendent, I'm not a CEO, I'm not a deputy chancellor. I'm actually a student, I'm a parent, I am a taxpayer. I am all of those things and I get the privilege of making the decisions that a principal, a superintendent, a CEO, a deputy chancellor would be able to make, right? In terms of uh, setting or administering policy. Uh, allocating resources which is so very very, very important uh, one brother spoke of who who are the people in the seats and who are the people not in the mm-hmm. seats and so when you talk about delivering some bad news uh, regarding your career your 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 um, your standing in, in in the profession I mean I've had to deliver some of that bad news over the years as well and it's never ever easy but what's what I can't do is look at myself in the mirror having not made the absolute best decision for people all people all kids and communities especially the ones who look like me
0: yeah thanks for that man uh (laughs) such power in your words um brief what are your thoughts
2: yeah i mean i i I agree i mean it's uh (laughs) You know, you're, you're in this position, you know, and, and I think that people I think there are two types of leaders. There's some who chase leadership um, and then there are others who are, you know, um, invited to lead. And I think there's you know, there could be a difference. Sometimes you have to chase it because it's like, you know, oh, this this is a need and people are, are pushing in. And sometimes people are like, please lead us. And I think there are different ways to, uh, you know, accept that that role. But it's, it's, it's more than, you know, I think Chris said, this is more than just a, a position, you know, and I think a lot of times people rely too heavily on positional authority um, and not have, you know, other aspects of their leadership developed. Uh, you know, I think, you know, as we're as we're trying to develop next level of leaders, next round of leaders, we shouldn't, it shouldn't just be like how long you've been in particular seats and then like, okay, now you're ready because it could be, you know, you know, youth leadership and, and, you know, new person to the community leadership and all at the end of the day, like who's best positioned to uh, lead a group of people, make tough decisions. You're not even going to have all the data all the time. So sometimes you got to make decisions with imperfect, you know, group of data points, which is, you know, uh, one of your points was putting students first. And I don't know if adults are always second because even you know, taking care of the adults in a way, make sure that they're in positions to take care of students and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like it's all. that's a No, no, it's not. I mean, I can tell you very specific, you know, things of, you know, what's best for students often is, is best for human beings. It doesn't have to be this contradiction of like, oh, it's good for students and it's bad for adults. It can be good for your school community, for everybody. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's how at least I, I used to lead. So. <laughs> that's, that's
0: just, that's just, man. I see you boss I see you in these streets so, so Dez man while we got you here fellas, I, 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 got, I got a question for y'all but but that's while we got you here man Um, what should a PD plan look like for a new black school leader because I, I and the reason why I asked that question is because I think that there's a difference between the levels of support that are given to white school leaders as opposed to the levels of support that may be given to a newly fermented black school leaders. So what what do you think? What do you think are some things that, you know, black school leaders should be getting?
4: You know, what? I, I'll come at it from two vantage points. I, I'll come at it from um, some of the tactics that all leaders, regardless of who you are or who you serve, uh, should be skilled in. And then I'll get specific to black leaders. So the first thing that all leaders should be skilled in is actually how to go out and build what I call the, the social capital that's needed within the ecosystem of a school or school community? How is it that I go out and build meaningful relationships with parents, with clergy, with business owners, homeowners, uh, tech, people who don't even have school, who don't even have children, right? How do I, elected officials, how do I go out and do that, build relationships so that I'm, I'm creating this, this ecosystem of schooling and an education, right? Um, That's for all people. And then how do I harness all of the input in order to create an aligned, coherent strategy or plan that everyone in that community feels a part of? Uh, That's a very, very important, I I would dare say the, the main component of leadership is building that community, right? Now, specific to Black leaders, it's probably even more important than it was maybe you know 25 years ago when I got in this business to know exactly who you are as a person of color, as a Black person, as a Black man. Knowing what all of that means and knowing who you are and where you stand in this world and how you're going to use the best of who you are in order to connect with the best of who other people are and and bring this community together. Because as we all know, the journey, especially if you have career aspirations, there are spaces and places where you're going, if you're not conscious about it, you're going to feel compelled to not be your complete self in order to climb what you believe that that career ladder is asking you to do right and so that's that's going to be very very important that you have a firm sense of who you are where you stand
0: yeah man thanks for that man what is happening
4: where's the producer
0: oh yeah i appreciate that man i appreciate that um (laughs) (laughs) i I appreciate that that feedback for us i I also think that ours bro it might be the ours when you think about uh school leadership right i think that a lot of us approach it from a sense of arrogance right especially i'm gonna name it especially black school leaders right because it's like you get this position and then all of a sudden Reef, it might not be you. And you have, you'll have have an opportunity to come in afterwards in order to- Why are you addressing me? Go ahead and do your you thing, mean? man. Go
2: ahead and say your bad no. take. Go ahead.
0: Father the shit out of me when you do that like that, man. Are you trying to do that on purpose? Are you purposely trying to antagonize me?
2: I mean, I wasn't, but now that I know that it antagonizes you, oh, you best believe I'm always be making faces. <laughs> well, thank you. Like, bing, I'm just be like hitting that button.
0: I love it i already have you muted on twitter so i don't really see the things that you say so i'm gonna mute you on here but anyway so i, I think there's a level of arrogance that comes with uh with, with some folks get in this position and so it's like they don't want to ask questions because it's like if they ask questions then it makes them it makes them look like they're weak or they're vulnerable or whatever when you have other folks that have the networks and the opportunities to ask these questions so that they don't fail um And I I don't necessarily think that, um, boards, uh, team, uh, black school leaders with mentors and with coaches, the way that white school leaders get coaches. Right. And so I think that we need to start asking for those things, um, upon receiving, receiving, uh, opportunities to lead schools, because if you don't know what you need to be professionally developed and you're waiting for other people to tell you what you need, then you already one step behind, um, yeah. Brief, but jump in here. Cause I, I'm interested to hear what you had to say.
2: No, I, w- I would just say I don't I, I mean, I just I my experience has not been like, oh, that's, you know, uh, a black thing. That's you know, there's a whole lot of leaders across any type of racial and cultural background that may struggle with um egoism. Um I don't I don't think that's a oh, especially black uh principles. You know, i s I've seen the opposite. I've seen a lot of times black principles are are coming with you know, uh, wanting to serve people that who look like them in communities. And I agree with you that they may not necessarily get the, you know, the support. I've seen instances where uh, black principals have asked, hey, here's what the community needs. And they were denied, 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 denied. And then they ended up transitioning out and a white principal uh, showed up. And every I mean, literally every single thing said the same stuff. And miraculously, Got all the support that that school needed. So you know, I, I think, and that you know, I've seen variances of that uh, you know a lot of times. But I think any of us have to make sure that we are checking our ego. I think you know, as a leader, part of your job is to find ways to shrink your blind spots. We're all going to have blind spots, and what we have to do is make sure we have teams, relationships, feedback loops that our blind spots shrink, and that we create a culture where people are are willing to tell the truth to us. Um, And it's like it's like our own, you know, like our own psyche, like our own, you know, core core values. Once we stop listening, it stops talking to us. And that can be the same as within the community. If people realize like, you know, and I'm not saying agree, I'm saying listen, Um, because I've I've heard a lot of folks and I'm like, you know, what? I disagree with that. Thank you for sharing that. But we're going to go this route because I think this is what's best for the community. But if we can shrink our blind spots, which takes a level of humility and participation in a feedback loop. Yeah. um you know i think that's uh that's the way to go
0: yeah that's dope and so uh, uh chris man i'm interested to hear this 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 take from you um you you'll see folks in in in, in not profit uh you'll see black people in not profit that you know may not have success or may not experience success and then the next thing you know you can't really find them right but then you'll see a white person in non fail and then they'll get funded like like crazy right mm-hmm. and so what, what, what's your take on that? I don't know. What I'm on just
1: like the differences between who gets set up to do their best yes. work, like with resources and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, you know, I do. I have definitely seen what you're describing right now, which there are some people that seem to do a lot with little and they don't have all the bells and whistles in their organizations and they're just not getting the shine from philanthropy and from. From folks because they're not as connected they haven't learned to speak the very secret language of very specific funders who have very secret handshakes but once you know them you know you send them a powerpoint you get funded where you know someone else may have spent like 10 months working on a very detailed strategic plan uh and they can't barely get a a call back um all of these things though the the go it alone leadership where you think that you are the person Uh, You have the ego and you think that you've got it all figured out or whatnot. It's not going to work for anyone, whether you are a principal or a school leader uh, or a nonprofit leader, whoever you are. Leadership is about knowing what you need in terms of uh, relationships and your network and knowing you starts with the, the most basic humility of all, knowing that you can't know it all. You can't know everything that it takes for you to be great in the work that you do. If you think that you know everything that it takes to be great in the work that you are trying to do as a leader, then I would I would say you're probably wrong, one. Two, you're probably going to fail. And three, at some point you're probably going to mature into the role of asking different people who are really good at different things what they think and using that somewhat as like your Franken mentor, meaning, you know, when you're a new principal and you don't understand budget or you don't understand, you know, process, or there are things you don't understand, but there's someone else in your district who does um, there's someone else in maybe another district who does or whatever. That's the one thing you would reach out to them for and keep talking to them about it. Whatnot, not build yourself a Franken mentor, no matter what leadership role you are in If you're trying to get grants in nonprofit world or whatnot, it never hurts to have a good uh, network of people that you are consistently asking, man, I just don't understand how this whole thing works. I don't understand. They're asking me for a concept paper. I don't know what a concept paper is or does. Or, you know, just, just, I think a lot of people are afraid of doing that because they don't want to look dumb or they have imposter syndrome and it aggravates their imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to ask. They don't want, they want to pretend like it's not something that they need to know man listen zero ego investment in doing your work will save you a lot of of heartache in the long run of doing all these things i do want to go back to just quickly what you said about you know principles being arrogant or new you know black principles thinking that they know it all i think a lot of them have a specific reason to not want to be showing their blind spots to everybody though right
2: okay.
1: mm-hmm. um because but that may not
2: be ego though
1: right Might not be ego. It just might be like uh, political uh, smarts, like just good smarts, like 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 people listening to this who are not in this world or whatnot. I don't know of any job that prepares you to have to deal with a crazy school board, crazy administration, uh, crazy parents, community members who think they know everything but don't, you know, like and. All of those things that I just said that are like human issues and problems that require, you know, human responses. And on top of that, you have to be a good business person with a budget and staffing and running the building, you know, period and whatnot. What other job requires you to do all of those damn things at once and do them all well?
0: That's real talk. Charles, jump
3: in here, man. I mean, no, I think I, I think they actually added a, a lot to it, man. I, I had a different question that kind of was going to bring about the community and, and leadership piece. But I, I, I like what you all had to say, man. I, I didn't, you know, I, I know you said you want a free flowing. So I, I, I guess my question and, and, and add on is one, I want to support everything that all of you said Two, you know, we're talking inside of baseball. Right. Most people are not principals. Most people don't run nonprofit organizations like. We all have some type of uh, experience here doing. But most people do deal with a principal, either as a student, as a parent, as a community member, as an educator, or whatever the case is. My question for for, for Dr. B is just more around, how do we help change perception of principals? And I can't speak for everybody, but I went to 11 elementary schools, one middle school, two high schools, right? And in none of those cases, maybe except for one, seeing the principal was never a good thing. Like nobody ever wanted to see the principal. They were usually disciplinarians where I came from or somebody was in trouble or if they calling my mom, it's about something negative. So when you start with the relationship so adversarial, you know, there has to be somewhat of a rebrand. So how does a black principal, a black school leader focus on serving leadership build a better relationship with their community from the gate? Yeah.
4: So, Uh, yeah, it's imperative. So we know... As educators, as teachers, as leaders, we know every day is not going to be a good day, right? It is imperative that leaders build the muscle of building relationships with all people daily, right? Before you quote unquote are going to have to either need the relationship for, Mm -hmm. for a resource or something like that, or having to interact with people in, in less than positive ways, right? If the, if the first time that a principal is meeting a parent when, when little junior um, says something he shouldn't have said or gets into a little bit of trouble, that's way too late. That principal parental relationship should exist long before um, an episode, right? In similar fashion, if a nonprofit leader needs resources from a funder waiting for the moment of need is the absolute wrong time to think about building a relationship those those relationships need to be built nurtured um for days months years prior to any need being being put on the table so it, the, the responsibility is re- really um, lies upon the school leader the teacher the superintendent the nonprofit leader you, you name it. it's one of the again one of the joys and or taxes of leadership. If I could add in one thing off topic, we're going back to this notion of ego. I think it's really, really important that we we not forget the context of, of being black in leadership, being a black man in leadership. We are only decades away from, from the point in time where just me walking with my head held high, just the notion of my shoulders broad and me looking you in the eye when I address you, regardless of your culture, we're maybe decades away from those normal behaviors being construed as arrogant when displayed by a a black man, right? And so it's really important that we just frame that ego piece. And, And I would also share with you that if you don't have a healthy concept of self I'm going to tell you, a classroom is going to be a very difficult place for you to be as a teacher. A school building is going to be a very difficult place for you to be as a principal. A community is going to be a very, very difficult place for you to be as a superintendent if you don't have a very, very healthy self-concept. Last but not least, along with that self-concept should come what I call the Shaquille O'Neal theory, right? Knowing that you absolutely have some deficits to your game. But knowing that your game is so strong that your assets will outweigh your deficits, and, and not feeling um, a lack of comfort because you have these blind spots, as our brother Sharif mentioned.
0: Yeah, Reef is a total hacker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shot. All, all I want to do is win, bro. So if I gotta hack you to win, and that's that's your deficit, then that's what I'm going. That's what I'm coming after. Best believe. Yeah, Um, my my objective is to win. So you can do all the other stuff. I'm going to win. And the best way for me to win is to lead righteously, be a servant leader and attack whatever it is that I need to attack. You know, so.
0: Yeah. So we named some things earlier. We talked about hiring for blind spots. Right. And so one of the things that I like to do with my leaders is I like to do a SWOT analysis. Right. So we identify some strengths, identify some weaknesses and some opportunities for growth. I think that's important for, for any school, right? Because like, you know, you want... So I. here's one of the things that I think that all leaders get caught up in, right? You got to, if you're hiring, if you, you got to figure out if you're hiring for skill, or if you're hiring for will, right? Because like some people will hire based off of what they don't want to do. So like, all right, well, I don't like making a master schedule, so therefore I'll hire somebody that knows how to make a master schedule as opposed to learning how to make the master schedule so that when somebody else does it, you can go through and you can check it to make sure they're, they're doing mistakes. Right. And so I think that, you know, we need to build our capacity as leaders in terms of like how we hire, why we hire and be intentional about the folks that we hire. Right. And so if you are if you have a deficit at something right and it's not something that you don't like to do, but it's something that you can't do then you hire for that, right? Because, you know, I always feel like I need to hire for my replacement. So every hire that I go into, I'm looking at it like, hey, this person or somebody that's in this leadership room right now can be the person that's going to replace me, right? Because I'm so invested in my school to where even if I'm not there, I still want it to be successful. And I don't know if a lot of people look at their organizations or if a lot of people look at school leadership in that manner. And so just throwing that out in the room.
1: You know, I, I just want to say this about that thing. So much of that re, 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 is about the individual. Mm-hmm. And we forget that, like, people work these jobs in the context of a system. And if systems leaders aren't creating uh, communities of practice, communities of support, uh, good analysis about what each building needs and what leader needs or whatnot, you know, an individual leader can do a lot on their own, I guess, perhaps. But you are still working within the context of a system which requires very good system leaders to be thinking about their job, which is to make your job easier. How are the principals or the school leaders connected to each other? How much opportunity do they have to collaborate and share information with each other? How are they they skill trading with each other? How are they becoming bigger than their individual self by being connected to a system of other school leaders that that are already employed within their district? That to me has more to do about like the, the district leadership or, or a higher level of leadership, making sure that leaders can be filling in their gaps by being in collaboration with others. The heroic kind of principal who, you know, leads a school and comes in and is all things to all people or whatnot is somewhat of an urban myth. It's like a, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like it's, it's a, it's a, You're right. it's an urban legend, you know, in some ways I will say in Minneapolis, I don't know, I would love to know what you all think about this. Years ago, in Minneapolis, they, they created a new position, a new role underneath principals. And it was like a business agent. Um, and the idea was principals were going to have to be freed up to be full-time instructional leaders. Mm. And they, they were going to hire for instructional leaders. So they were going to take off their plate a bunch of the business rigmarole. Uh and give them full-time and that came out of some research from a long time ago that said like if you had one teacher that really needed help was struggling that was 15 percent of a principal's time Uh so imagine if you had three or four or five Uh teachers that needed instructional leadership help from a principal now that principal is a full-time documentarian trainer right (laughs) He's documenting, he or she is documenting a lot of things and doing a lot of training. So all the business stuff. So they created this sub-role. I forgot what they called it, but if it mm. feels like the, the, the role some is call called operations. Like a, yeah, yeah, it was like a business agent of some mm. sort. It was like a sub principal that just did the business stuff. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to know what y'all think yeah. about that. So, like, make you a full-time instructional leader.
0: Desmond, what's your, what's your thoughts on that, Dr.
4: Blackburn? I'm very, very familiar with with the concept of a system taking the, the the tactical deficits of a particular leader and the system deciding that here's a fix by way of this person. It's done with operations, it's done with community relationships, it's done with instruction, right? It's done with all sorts of areas, blind spots, again. It's going to be difficult, if not impossible, for that effort to work if it's not being driven by the particular leader. It, it is A-OK for a leader to have these deficits, but for someone else to come in and determine what the deficit is and what the solution is, it's just not a model that's going to sustain itself or, or work, quite frankly, because that leader is still the conductor of that of that orchestra, right? She or he may not play every instrument um, herself, but should know how all the instruments work into the greater good, and that's not something that can be done for or done to the leader. That's part of the leader's responsibility. See, this yeah. sounds like the difference. I got a question, Michael Jackson. You got Prince a question, <laughs>
1: got yeah. a question. <laughs> all the instruments. Michael Jackson was just very good. Like, you know, you can have both Prince and Michael Jackson. You can play
3: I, got, I, I, I definitely got a question, and, I, and I, I get what you're saying, Dr. Blackburn. I respect it, um, because you definitely got the credentials to say it. I will say just from experience, All those leaders don't know their blind spots. And it's a lot of districts that got black and brown kids in them. And they got leaders that don't know their head from their tail. That's making a lot of decisions. Uh, And and, and then what do you do when that has been sustained? Not for five years, not for 10, not for 20. We're talking about 30, 40 years of just failure at this school. And not that the kids are failing, but administration and and adults are failing them. And I know we're going to talk about systems and we're going to talk about this, that, and the third. But if you're going to lead the team. (laughs) <laughs> if you if you the LeBron of that team if you Mike of that team you know what I'm saying the same way you get to hold up that finals MVP trophy you got to hold this L when this ain't happening over time so I get what you're saying that it's hard for somebody to come in and tell you something but I've also been in places where you've been doing the same thing for five years and it's been failing and we gave you ample opportunity but now the community needs you out
0: and resources sure, and, re-
3: opportunities and resources I mean come on man let's let's not do that Because here's the thing, Ray, and I get what you're saying, but let's 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 have this let's let's have this conversation. You knew that school was lacking resources when you took that school in the middle of Chicago. I'm saying
0: they actually actually got your resources,
3: yeah, 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 exactly. So, so, and, and and the only reason I'm saying that, and I'm not going hard at you, Ray, or you, Dr. Blackburn, but Jamoke's on here, we gave millions of dollars to certain schools. We gave a lot of extra funds and more access to things and they wanted to have that room. And we said, okay, you can have this room to wiggle, but we, but we're going to check back in six months. We're going to check back in nine months. We're going to check back in 12 and then, but the community never has that part. So I know that was a long piece, but I wanted to, cause I know there's a lot of people watching this, Dr. B that's like, I don't know if that's, you know, if every leader got the same assets that you just spoke of.
4: No, yeah. listen. Uh, if we were on Twitter, I would fire back with hashtag facts to everything yeah. you just <laughs> said. Right? Um, and the accountability piece, right? If a leader can't do it, my point is there's but so much that anyone can do for or to the leader if said leader can't. Okay. And and that's where you get into how the leader is evaluated, and then unfortunately uh, replaced if said leader can't do the job. Yeah, and I would yeah, say
2: checking back three, six, nine months—that's too long. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's way too long. And I, and listen, I'm I'm a leader. I love autonomy, and but I also embrace accountability. Like, yeah, I I don't want nobody on my top. I, I don't want anybody harassing me. I don't want. Don't ask me what a rock saw is. I actually, I got, I got somebody to, to deal with that. Don't ask me what a rock salt is. Don't ask, don't tell me about bulletin boards. If you want to support me in, in different ways, here's the goals. And if you want to check in as far as like how my goals, and I think three, six, nine months is way too long.
3: Oh, it was um, more than that too. But I'm just yeah. giving an example. Yeah. yeah, but I'm
2: just saying. But that, but, but there's a whole just like I've hired teachers who said, oh, I didn't get observed in a couple of years. There are plenty, like literally, I'm just like, and they're like, oh, we came to you know uh, mastery charters because we know that y'all have a system of giving feedback and observations and you know, of course some of them were like yo this is too many observations but literally was hiring folks who are like yeah I've, I've not been observed i've not been coached and so if teachers experience that around this country what were leaders experiencing and again my you know the question that i asked earlier where do principals actually go to learn how to lead a building lead a school community where do they go
0: yeah So it
2: ain't their masters and principal cert programs. Right.
0: Absolutely not. And that's that's that it's interesting that you raise that question, because I think that, you know, in order for you to learn as a leader, right, you first of all, you have to learn from your mistakes. But then also you have to build your network. Right. So when I was talking earlier about having mentors and having coaching, right, I feel like that should be a part of every leader's leadership plan. For them to have a coach, for them to have someone that they can go to that has made the mistakes, whatever, that they can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with this. Or I'm struggling with that. Right. A place where you can be vulnerable. And I don't think that that place exists uh, as much. I won't say writ large, but as much for black school leaders. I don't think that that place exists. Right. Uh, but Desmond, coming back to you, uh, Principal Caffelli, uh our guy, he asked for you to build on the concept of uh, uh, build. A, a little bit on the self uh, knowledge of self concept. So, if you could build that out for us a little,
4: yeah, I, I, I saw that. So, how do you how do you build that self concept? I'm going to go back to my high school track coach, Mel Harris, who used to yell at the top of his lungs on a very regular basis. He would say something to the effect well, his exact words were—lack of conditioning is going to build make a coward out of you. Desmond, lack of conditioning is going to make a coward out of you. And one day I asked Coach Harris to explain that to me, and he basically said, on the track, just like the basketball court or in life, there are going to be times when you're going to want to assert yourself. You're going to want to go against the grain. You're going to want to uh, 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 go all in, as the kids would say, right? And what's going to stop you dead in your tracks from going all in, from asserting yourself, from taking a risk is going to be the fact that you know you have cut corners on the way you've developed your body. You haven't done all the push-ups. you haven't run all the laps, you haven't done all the things you should have done to prepare your body. And so when called upon, you're going to not assert yourself. I think the same thing is said, or is true intellectually in, in our profession, right? If you truly, when the point, when the time comes, you assert yourself in our profession, you're going to stop if you haven't taken the time to fully, fully build your, 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 your tool set, your mindset, et cetera, which includes reaching out to mentors, reaching out to people who can be your, your tour guide, if you will, which includes learning from your mistakes. I hate to say it, but facts, uh, failure and making mistakes they're part of the learning process. They're not the opposite of learning. It's part of the learning process. And so being cognizant of those mistakes and learning from them along the way is really, really, really important.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for naming that. Reef. coming to you real quick, bro. uh, Thinking about showing up as your authentic self in leadership, right? Mm -hmm. There's nobody that does that better because like when we see you, we see you. And so if you're giving advice to new school leaders about Being able to show up as their authentic self, but then still being able to kind of uh, maintain, um, you know, a a level of commitment in terms of being in different rooms. What's your advice to them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think that the the idea of leading with both courage and humility um, allows you to to do that. Like you have to have courage, you know, a lot of like uh, you all mentioned, you know, being black in America and being black in American schools. Um, There are a lot of similarities. And so you're this leader. uh, You have to recognize like what your why is, the courage that it's going to take being in there with your eyes wide open. uh, But then also being strategic as far as like, okay, you know, and I'm not talking about like strategic, like code switching and changing, like just being, as you said, being yourself, uh, but knowing what your core, what your core values are. And if you if you stand by your core values, um, then you know, that's, I think the number one, uh, number one thing. And I get like, you know, I've, I really had the opportunity and the privilege to be in the, the three schools that I, that I worked in um, over this, those 26 years. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, each time, you know, like what I believed in remained consistent. My belief in um, those communities, they were all like black and brown communities, predominantly black communities. Uh, my belief in them my love for them. Like I stood on that no matter what room I happened to be in. Um, And I think that, you know, that occurred like, yeah, did it get me in, I'm not even gonna say trouble, but like, did it, did I have like, you know, friction um, sometimes? Yeah. Both uh, internally as well as externally, like at the central office or, you know, um, you know, within the building, but, you know um, there were things I was going to listen to and they were also having the the you know I would say growing wisdom to know what to shut out, what not to listen to, um, and I think that that piece. And I would say the other one is how you got to find community. You when it, when the Association of Black School Administrators was formed, and people like Salone Thomas L, Hildebrand Pelzer the uh, Leonard Hurd, uh, some sisters like like these were the the black administrators who said we're creating an organization to support young uh black principals like you sharif like like you know you aaron stark like you know and um like you miles wilson and and that for us was was everything uh, that uh, look when i got locked up that time for being at a protest guess who wrote a letter to the superintendent was like yo like know this <laughs> and um and sure enough like that you know showing up in, in even that kind of you know um, you know obviously a one-off right like you know but still to have that type of organization and support from the community and the village and my peers it's nothing like it so that yeah. allowed me to be more courageous and accountability system to be humble so courage and humility and knowing your why
0: hey Reeve you're sounding good this week man you see how I'm AI'ing you you see how I'm throwing you the
3: pass it was all good it was great <laughs> You know that humility <laughs> thing that y'all was talking yeah. about. You when know what we that,
2: started? Hey, Doc Blackbird. You know how you was in, the, in the building? Some, some. You know, somebody say something crazy. You just like. <laughs> you just gotta give them a the look you know what i mean so, 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 so charles, the look every couple minutes but it's charles, all
0: man, many many folks wear masks man because they have to right mm. and so you you're one of the one of the folks that i know shows up as as dr charles cole and, mm-hmm. I, and I super appreciate that super proud of you if you're giving advice to school leaders giving advice to non-profit leaders on showing up in a space that way what are you saying to them
3: i think that the people that want to hear something elegant should play this back and listen to Sharif's answer. <laughs> My answer is going to be, then just be you and stop being the punk. Like, I listen, man, I, I just, some sometimes we make things a lot more complicated than they need to be. Like, if you're afraid to be yourself, and I get it, I get the politics, I get things that are happening. I know, because I've been in those high political places. I've been in places where those things could get you fired and stand on the truth, man, but you got to look yourself later in the eye. And so you know, I, I I don't have all the, I love Sharif. I swear to God, I do. I just want to get a recording of him and take it with me, man. But you know what I'm saying? The only way to face your fear is to face it. It's just to do it. It's just to be you. And I tell this to my students all the time. I tell us to parents that I work with all the time. And I've told this to principals that I've supported uh, when they were having a rough go. Stop trying to be somebody else. That person's already taken. You are the best you in the galaxy. You are out of the 7 billion people on this planet, Ain't nobody better at being you than you. So why don't you lean on what you know and stop trying to be what everybody thinks you should be? Because that won't work out for you either. And also, I could see if we was doing all that other stuff, Ray, and like our kids was learning. I could see if we was doing that and reading levels was at 95% across the board. Then, yeah, emulate these people. You know what I'm saying? If you can on a team with Michael Jordan, then do everything he does, right? But you don't. You play on the teams with bumps across the country in your position. These cast is bums. You want to be a bum? You want to be a, so Go play for I'm the 76 You want to be Me? a bum? Go play for the 76 <laughs> I'm, <just>, uh, <laughs> I'm just I only know one way to be an answer that question, but I'm just saying, we who are you trying to emulate if everybody else numbers suck? That's all I'm saying.
2: I, I agree with that. I would just add that See, elegance
3: is coming. Elegance no, no, is it's coming. Not
2: really elegance, it's just. You know, I've just been around so many, so many leaders, like sometimes your best you ain't quite good enough. So even you being yeah. you and yeah. being your full self, that there ain't go. good enough for that school and for that community. So I think it's more than just being you because you may not be there. You may not right. be at that level to actually lead in in a highly effective way. So that's, what I, that's what I would say.
3: So I, I agree with that. Let me double down with you on that. So if you if being yourself is the problem, stop being a punk. Set goals, though. Every leader and whatever you should do, you should have a goal. You all should have a goal on trying to be better. But I don't think that that's, I don't think that should be confused by people listening as copying other people or trying to do what other people do. What is the goal that you want to reach and what you got to do to get there, you know? Everybody got to be responsible for them.
0: Yeah, 100%. Hey, hey, so Chris, man, before, before, before we get up out of here, man, I want to talk a little bit about hiring with intentionality, right? And so you've run many companies, right? And you've hired a lot of people. And so, what 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 advice are you giving to folks in terms of like hiring uh, with intentionality?
3: You muted, but it was all it was beautiful. I knew you so, was
0: wait, So you you you're know, muted, but I want I, cool. I, I, I want to I do a reset, right? And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reset. When I say when I say when I say how, so, you've taken a you yeah you are like the number one risk taker that I know in terms of giving people an opportunity, right? And so mm-hmm, you'll see mm-hmm. good in people or whatever, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna give you an opportunity to feed your family or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you hire with your heart, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. what are some of the lessons that you've learned from from doing that? And like, what what advice would you give uh, to school leaders that are hiring with that type of intentionality?
1: Um, so sometimes you hire with your heart, but you fire with your wallet. <laughs> because wow. you hired with your heart. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, you know, so you you are right when you say I'm one of the number one risk takers. I've always felt like no matter what position our job is, our job is to help other people get in their leadership lane to like to put people on. I've been burned so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, if we're just being real and we're just being honest in this conversation, what we should be at the end of the conversation is I have become smarter about not taking a risk on everybody, and um, and to 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 realize I had to learn and grow in this one way. Every dollar that we do get is an investment in the the mission that we are we are supposed to be achieving. So taking chances and taking risks and then having them not pay off, and then having to pay a price for them not paying off, uh, is is no longer that's not charitable. That's not compassionate for anybody. Um, at some point. Uh, you do have to start hiring for high levels of competence and skill and fit within the job that needs to be done and, and being a more of a cold business person than I have been. Uh, and I have uh, uh, I have the scars to show it. I have the lost money and time and effort to show it. I have people that I have invested in quite a bit who, if my name were to come up in a discussion, they would talk so much stuff even though three years of their, their living their you know, five years of their living or whatnot was completely funded by generosity and them underperforming in jobs where I had to like get assistance to help underneath them. So hiring with intentionality, I think is something that I've had to learn personally, straight up, I'm not a master at it, but um, this hiring with your heart, taking chances, putting the wrong people into roles because you think they've got what it takes to grow into it and all that type of stuff i would warn against it i uh, uh unless you want to spend an awful lot of time investing even more money to have whole sections of your team that need coaching and help and assistance rather than them just showing up every day and getting the job done um so that's what, that that's what i'll say about that it's not profound you know it's not elegant i actually, learned my lesson actually actually, though, actually, so.
0: actually it really was and it was great it was and it was it was perfect. It was a perfect way to to, to to lead us out. And so folks, we're gonna go into closing thoughts. Uh uh, Dr. Blackburn, we'll leave you for last, uh, in terms of closing thoughts. And so, uh, Reef, we'll start with you, bro. Close close us out, closing thoughts.
3: Elegance, Reef. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: don't
2: know about, about that. But what I would say is, you know, I, I'm just like really grateful for leaders that that model, that, that share, you know. Um, and I've spoken about Yvonne Savior. Um, she was one of the few uh uh, black teachers of the year for Pennsylvania. That's that's who ended up being my teacher coach. But then later on, she was my principal coach, too. So I had the benefit of her coaching me in two different roles, uh, you know, in inside of schools, which I think was, you know, again, just an amazing blessing. Yeah. Um, and also had principals that model just so much because, again, it, it, things that you have to learn on the job, seeing people in tough situations, having a relationship where they're sharing with you their, you know, like what they did and why, their rationale, the, you know, the risk, all of those things. And I just think people have constantly pulled the curtains back and allowed me to to see within their decision-making within their, you know, like we tell teachers like, oh, share think allows, like tell kids how you're thinking. I think the same thing for for leaders who are serving as as mentors. You have to share how you're thinking. Uh, with the with the next gen. And so, you know, whether it's Charles D'Alfonso, who is, uh, you know, white Italian uh, principal who, you know, who hired me as a teacher. And he wrote on a, on a napkin at one day when we were at a PD, like, hey, you're gonna be a great principal one day. And I held, I wish I still had that napkin during the during the course of years, I ended up losing it, man. But I, I had that napkin for a long time. Um, just that his belief in me, his understanding of, of what was needed. Um, and then I would, you know lastly there there's only a hundred thousand principal roles in public schools, 100,000 across the country. and if we can't get that right, you know like all of them can fit in Penn State's football stadium a hundred thousand. and if we can't get that right,' uh, we're, in, we're in a you know just a, a, a world of, of problems which we are right because everyone wants mm-hmm. to talk about, fixing teachers and doing this for teachers it's three million plus teachers (laughs) you can't get a hundred thousand right you ain't going to get three million right i can tell you that you know um so i'm grateful to be part of uh you know the one million teachers of color campaign hope you all will will sign on to that petition but part of the getting one million teachers of color is also thirty thousand leaders of color um and making sure that that's a part of it um and then share the mistakes. You know, um, I think two of the biggest mistakes I made as a principal uh, was one, starting off my principalship, not sharing my story, not sharing my why, just kind of like, yo, y'all, we got work to do, let's roll our sleeves and get in. Um, but one of my colleagues gave me feedback, like people need to know who you are um, before they'll follow your lead. And at first I was just like, listen, we're all here to do this work. Um, but I was grateful once I listened, um, to that, um, that train of thought, which because it, it wasn't mine, uh, you know, uh, things got just, you know, wonderfully, uh, you know, better.
0: Man, thanks for sharing that. Bro. You did a good job tonight, man. You don't, you're not looking like MB. You look like a, a real pro athlete. <laughs>
2: <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Yo, don't disrespect MB, bro. MB, go. That's my you, you cameraman, brother, man. He, uh, you know, yeah, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. You look,
3: You're talking
2: about Tobias. Go no, ahead. you can't talk about Tobias. No, Tobias you can't talk about Tobias either. Tobias the only person you can talk about is the boy that played for the, uh, for the Nets. Uh, you know. Benji. Talk about him. That's it. Nobody else. Philly. Hey, um, Philly, Philly. Philly. Uh,
0: um, I'm sorry, Charles, jump ahead. Dr. Cole.
3: Well, I appreciate the show. I thank you, Dr. B, for coming. I think, again, like I said earlier, um, you know, sometimes it can feel like maybe inside of baseball, if we're talking about admin or we're talking about CEO leaders or whatever the case is, but I never want to take, you know what I'm saying, like for the people that's listening, the things that you can do. So here, Ray didn't get a chance to say these, so I'm just going to say what the five things are uh, really quickly. He said to be a servant leader and he was talking about principles, but take it beyond that because you're the servant leader, you the, you the admin at your house, you the admin in your friend group, you you are the leader in some aspect of life. So see if these things work for you. Hire with intentionality. You're welcome into all types of parents. You believe that all kids can achieve at a high level. You have you believe you believe in the ability to change on a dime when it when the when the moment calls for it. And you operate with a student's first mindset and and a and, dose after students. Now think about this as you as a listener, as somebody who is a parent who might be trying to get the best for your kid, or you as somebody who wants to be on the front line, whether it's this Roe v. Wade thing and you're leading a new group of people coming up, like. Maybe you're not hiring somebody, but who are you choosing to be around you? Who are you choosing as your friend group? Who are are the other parents that you hang out with? How are you doing that with intentionality? Are you welcoming to other people that may not be the same as you, that may speak a different language, that may not look like you, that may not be the same hue, but y'all have the same mission? Are you really believing that your kid or other kids or that the kids in the neighborhood have the ability to learn at a higher level? Do you really believe that you deserve better? Like, your belief in that actually change is how you move throughout the world. And do you have the ability to to change on a dime? We just had a historic moment happen in this country, and a lot of people are going to have to pivot. A lot of things are going to have to happen. Do you have that same level of being able to be nimble? And then finally, are you operating with a kids first, village first mentality? Or are you talking or are you thinking about yourself first or the other adults around you? Are we taking care of our kids and our elders as a village the way that we're supposed to. So in my final thought, don't see this episode as, oh, this wasn't talking to me because I don't run a school or I don't run a nonprofit or I'm not leading this. We all have to be leaders in some part. Am I able to live up to those values? And if I'm not, why is that? And maybe I can work on that and and, and have a different conversation with myself. I always want to give you agency and I always want you to see yourself as something that's powerful. I never want you to dismiss a lot of these great things uh, just because you are not, uh, quote unquote, in a position of power, according to you, because you are. We need everybody in our community. And Miss Michelle Johnson, mind your business. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, drinking, I'm drinking. I'm drinking tea. I had some tea and I also had a little bit of bourbon. But it's been. Yes. But it why? <laughs> Continue.
0: Uh, Chris.
1: I am drinking ripple. Uh, That's not <laughs> for for that y'all don't know, uh, it's red I'm fox and too, baby. <laughs> um, listen, some of y'all not good at the job that you're doing, uh, and I think we just had a <laughs> we just what? had a whole show on on the ideal, the the what you should be and what you should be doing and whatnot. Some of you sit in your office all day and you don't do anything. Some of y'all play gospel music in your office and you uh, y'all you up on the TikToks and you got 80 keys on your key ring and you get mad when somebody comes in and asks you to go open something sometimes, <laughs> right? Some of y'all um, need some soul search and you need to be thinking about what you're doing. You're stealing and robbing from children. These aren't jobs. So tonight we talked about the servant leader, the people who have some sort of aspirational for doing what they do or blah, blah. Any person who has walked into school districts and has observed and done surprise visits to schools or whatnot could hear a lot of what we heard tonight and say, Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Mm -hmm," Whatever. Right. Because they have literally went into districts and have seen things that so don't match up with the ideal stuff that we talked about tonight. So for people that know for a fact that number one, you're not really, you don't have the skills that it takes to lead a pack because see, a pack runs at the speed of its leader. So if you don't have the academic chops, first of all, for instance, to lead a pack who believes that all children can learn at a high level and know what they need to get them teaching kids at a high level and to keep that as one of your main kind of uh, professional obligations in which you do, then maybe you should talk to yourself and to your God or to your Jesus over a weekend And say, you know, the most mature thing that people do when they realize that lives are in their hands and that they're trash at their job is to quit and not quit and stay, which a lot of people do in education, but quit and leave, right? Lead or leave is really what people should be doing. So I love all this talk that we had tonight, the ideal stuff that people should be doing and everything. you know, all this stuff that people have been talking about that we should do as and what people should do as leaders or whatnot. Um, some of y'all need to stop doing what you're doing. Right. And, and by when I say doing what you're doing, I mean, working um, in the job that you have right now, um, because you're not helping anybody, you're not helping the children, you're not helping anything like that. And there's no shame in walking away from something that you're just not good at. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And uh there's going to be some people in the audience who, who don't like what I'm saying right now, but there are also going to be some people that have done school visits and site visits and districts who know exactly what I'm talking about and will, would be able to co-sign with me to tell me that I'm being nice in some cases, right? Some of this stuff around like building relationships, there are principals who build great relationships with the public so that they don't ever have to answer and be accountable for outcomes in any other way. And if you went to Give that school any type of reprimand, those people would show up and say, Oh my god, this principal loves my baby. Blah, 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 blah. No one in school can read. None of the teachers are actually showing up for kids the way that they should be able, they should be showing up or whatnot. The relationships with the external building stuff is all good. The academics are shit. So (laughs) that's my final thought.
0: Yo, what the hell is happening with these final (laughs) thoughts? Y'all, y'all got a lot of built-in frustration. It's the ripple. I'm I see it. All right, uh, Dr. Blackburn, man, close us out.
4: First of all, to even think that there is something I could say right now to close out this <laughs> session, um, it, it just, just borders on insanity. And, and I mean that um, sincerely in appreciation and complete appreciation of what you brothers are doing and how you lead and how you show up. Um, If there's something I could say as a closeout in this context, where we are right now, June, 2022, we have a lot of challenges. We started to show out talking about the recent uh, Supreme Court decision and what that means to our mothers and sisters and, and, and babies, et cetera. We have a lot of challenges. And there are a lot of people, a lot of educators right now who over the last few years, especially levels of consciousness have been on the rise. And many of us are seeking an entry point, seeking an opportunity to bring resolution or, or, or bring resolve or, or, or just help different phases of our community, right? Those challenges are there's social challenges, there are political challenges, there economic challenges. There are all kinds of challenges that we have. And those of us who are educators are always looking for a way to demonstrate our consciousness or our activism. Let us not forget that we have the opportunity to perform the greatest level of activism that exists on the planet. And that is teaching kids how to read, how to write, how to compute, how to think critically, how to uh, reason scientifically, how to show up in the academic and in the intellectual world. And if we're in this space as educators and we don't squarely capitalize on that opportunity, then one, as the brother just said, we're not doing our job, period, right? Uh, I'm just gonna be blunt as blunt as I I can't be as blunt as some of you other brothers, but I'm gonna be as blunt as I can be in my space and say that if I see you at a parade, if I see you wearing a shirt, if I see you chanting a slogan, add in that what percent of the kids under your control know how to read and know how to compete Hmm. and are on a trajectory to become self-sufficient, productive members of society. If we're not chanting those numbers and chanting those results, then put a muzzle on. I'll leave it there. Thank you again, brothers.
2: Wow. Outcomes Uh, matter. You you think outcomes (laughs) matter, Doc, in this country? (laughs) In these schools,
4: outcomes. Listen, I'm raising two boys my with kids, my wife. But don't hold
2: me accountable for. Her. That's how they be out here like.
4: Yo, we're
0: ending the show with violence. Yo, and, and in that right, I'm releasing our school's region scores because I know many of y'all are hiding behind this data because you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to display it, and so in some areas may not be the best, but I'm open to the criticism, and you should be too. So if you are a school leader, if you are a systems leader and you're hiding behind that data, shame on you. Uh letting it loose tonight or maybe tomorrow morning so we can see.
3: All right. I mean, and even if your data is like, bad, like, like use it. That's but that's how you that. bring your community it's together. But yeah. that's how you bring your community together. You tell them the truth. Like, bring you don't have to hide behind that stuff. The facts is the facts. Of course. Like, anyway, it's yeah, man. And thank for those you for being of us, here, Dr. B.
0: For those of us that know how to use QR codes. Um, but that Dr. B, man, thank <laughs> thank you for coming through and kicking it with us, man. We Random appreciate break.
2: Thanks, uh, it. Thanks, Dr. Blackbird. It's good seeing you again, bro. Absolute was, pleasure. Appreciate it. What's, what's, what's going on? We-